Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. Each week you'll be able to check in for our messages from Sunday and other material. We hope that our messages encourage you in your walk and daily faith with Jesus. Make sure to check out our website, BethelStratford.org. we've talked about the gifts of the Spirit. We've talked about how they equip the church. I'm going to ask a question. I will ask you to raise your hand. And for all of you that didn't do this, um, I'm really hoping for more hands than not. But don't lie. How many people went online and did the assessment? Okay, good. For the rest of you that didn't raise your hand, you're going to be like, I have no idea what he's talking about. So I will let you know, when I assign you homework, I am hoping that you actually do it. Um, How many people clicked on it that didn't fill it out? How many clicked on it, saw how many questions and went, I'll do it later? (laughs) A few people clicked on it and was like, I'm going to do that later. All right, I'm going to let you know something. You won't do it later. (laughs) Um, But I want to tell you, just through the assessment, here's the difference. Many of you have done gift assessments before, so you're probably like, oh, 166 questions. For all those that just gasp, you didn't even click on it. Um, I know that sounds like a lot, but here's the amazing thing about this one. It doesn't just give you your gifts. It gives you your passions. Now, what does that mean? It tells you your gifts, but then it tells you how you passionately do that already. And so there was parts of it that shocked me about my own gifts and my own passions. So I want to encourage you not to brush it off and go, well, he's moved on. We don't have to do it. I want to encourage you to do it because many of you will say this. This is what you're saying to yourselves or you're believing that the enemy is telling you. Well, I have no way to serve in the church. I just don't know where I can serve. That's because you haven't you don't know what your gifts are. You, don't, you haven't done one of these. Some of you say to me, well, Chad, I did gifts a long time ago. I know what my gifts are. Your gifts have changed. Your gifts have changed. Your passions have changed because you have changed. If you're the same person you were 10 years ago, most of you immediately go, well, no, I'm not. Then your gifts are not the same. This is why we do it. I'll tell you this. It took me about 25 minutes. And you're like, that's a long time. You waste your time scrolling on social media way longer. I want to encourage you to do this because it's going to equip you to understand who you are. Who did God naturally design you to be? See, I don't believe that gifts and our passions actually stretch us. Well, Chad, you're asking me to serve in the church. That's going to stretch me. Not if you're serving where your gifts and your passions are. It's actually going to, like, ignite you. And here's how I know. When I did mine, and I see my passions, how I play those out in my regular life, there are certain parts of my gifts and passions that I look at and go, oh, that's no, I don't have that gift or I don't have that passion. That's just who I am. To which Melissa, who's a little bit smarter than me, goes, exactly. (laughs) But some of you need to know just who you are. Some of you need to know what's just natural to you that God goes, yeah, you think that's something you've learned, but I actually gave you the passion to learn it because I want you to use it for me. 
none of you are talented. You're welcome. <laughs> You're like, what? None of you are talented. None of you have a, a skill, a natural skill. God has given it to all of you. Some of you were like, no, no, Chad, you have no idea. You don't know how no good of a cook I am. You don't know how well I build things. God gave you those things. I want to encourage you. Go and do this test and let God speak to you. If you're like, I'm just not sure what direction God has for me. I'll tell you the next step he has for you. Ready? Go to our webpage. On the top of the webpage, it says gift assessment. Click it. That's your next step. Well, Chad, how do you know that? Because he wants to equip you. That's your next step. I encourage you, go and do this. See, we've talked about how the gifts bring unity to us. We talked about how the gifts have diversity. We talked about how if every one of us was just musical, Bethel would be a musical, and every one of us would sing our answers, and I would sing to you the whole message, which none of you want. Anybody in the room that's like, no, I want to hear Chad sing, you've never heard me sing. Here's what you have to realize. My wife can sing. My wife has taken singing lessons and can teach people how to sing. So if there was a little bit of a chance that I could sing, do you not think she would have showed me and helped me and taught me? Here's what you have to understand. She tried. <laughs> there has been times why when we drive together privately, I don't even put my kids through it. And I'm like, okay, let's try this again. And she tries, and she's like, you're a great preacher. <laughs> I will tell you this. Here is the shocking thing that I've learned. I actually have a better shot at hitting the high notes than the low notes which I don't understand, because if you hear my voice, it doesn't sound high. But there's diversity in our gifts. And we need diversity. We remember we saw the different body parts up here last week, and some of you were not impressed, and some of you were impressed. But each and every one of us needs to be a part of the body of Christ so it functions fully. So we need it. it brings unity to us. We need the diversity of everybody. And today we're going to talk about how the gifts actually need and bring maturity to our lives. Maturity comes with time. It comes with teaching. It comes with discipleship. But there's a maturity in the graces of the Spirit. And this is what we're going to talk about this morning. We're going to talk about the maturity and the graces of the Spirit. See, spiritual gifts, no matter how exciting, how wonderful they are, they are useless if they are not used in love. Almost to a point, and not almost, to a point where if there's not love, spiritual gifts can be destructive. We need to have love. See, in all three of the body part messages that Paul writes, when he talks about the body of Christ being the body, there's three different times where he does this in his letters, there are an emphasis always on love. See, what you have to realize is the main evidence of maturity in a Christian's life is a growing love for God and a growing love for God's people. That's how we know you're mature in your faith. 
If you love God, you continue growing in that love, and you continue to love other people. Yes, even that person. I know you all thought of somebody. But here's the amazing thing. Do you realize that you are probably that person to somebody else? Do you realize that other people love you when they find it challenging? See, I I just have come to a point in my life where I realize I can be challenging to love. But just as other people have patience and grace and love me, I love others. And you know what it's actually caused me to do when I realize, you know what, I can be difficult. I can be selfish. And so I need to show others grace. You want to know why? Because I really hope they show me grace. Do you know how much grace and mercy I hope you show me? And what that has done over time is encouraged me to show others so much grace and mercy. Because if I need it, I need to share it. We also need to love, have a love for lost souls. We need to love lost souls. Do you know that 1 Corinthians 13 is really highly misinterpreted? We classify it as as the love chapter. And you see it, it's read at weddings all the time. But if you read through 1 Corinthians and you see chapter 12, Paul is talking about spiritual gifts. Chapter 14, he talks about spiritual gifts. Can I tell you that this was all one letter? We put in chapters and verses so that it's a better and easier, not better, it's an easier reference point. So I'm not trying to get you to figure out where we're talking about. I can tell you a chapter and a verse. Here's what Paul did not do as he was writing a letter to the Corinthian church talking about gifts. He did not write to them about gifts and then realize I really need to keep talking about gifts. But you know what they need? There's going to be people in Corinthian, in the Corinth church, that's going to get married one day. And they need a verse to read at those weddings. So I'm going to tell them what love is so they can read it at the wedding. And then he just writes a whole chapter of love. And then he goes, oh, thanks, got that off my chest. Now I'm going to write about spiritual gifts again. It's all together. It's actually written in there so we understand that with spiritual gifts, we have to have love. He's still dealing with them about the gifts, the abuse of the gifts. The abuse of the gifts of tongues, the division in the church, the envy of others' gifts, the impatience with one another in a public meeting, and the behavior that was actually to a point it was disgracing the Lord. The only way spiritual gifts can be used creatively is when Christians are motivated by love. Are you motivated by love? This is what we're going to look at. And Paul explains three characteristics of Christian love that show why it's so important in ministry, so important in sharing the gospel. The first one is this. Love is enriching. Love is enriching. 1 Corinthians 13, 1-3 says this. If I speak in tongues of men or of angels, but I do not have love, I am only a sounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom mysteries of all knowledge, if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. 
If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. I gain nothing. See, Paul, he lists off five spiritual gifts here. He lifts off, he talks about tongues and prophecy and knowledge and faith and giving. And he pointed out that without love, without the exercise, the exercise of these gifts is nothing. I just want to challenge you for a moment. If, if you're trying to share the gospel with your neighbors or you're trying to share the gospel with a loved one, if you're trying to lead them to Jesus and you're not having much results, you need to check your heart. Is, are you doing it out of love or are you doing it to make sure they get back to Christ? Well, Chad, isn't that the same thing? It's your heart motive. See, I want my family to know Jesus Christ because I want them to be loved by him. I was driving with Miles just a few weeks ago and we were just talking about the church and, and my job and my work. And it shocked me. Because I told him, I said, listen, I don't care if Bethel grows to be 3,000, 30,000, or if it's 30 people. If two people don't get into heaven, and I told him, I said, that's you and Emma. If those two people don't get into heaven, I've failed. Do you want people to enter the kingdom of God because of love? Not so we can say, meet my neighbor who I led to Jesus Christ. And we have to realize that if we're honest with each other, the devil likes to twist our gifts. He likes to get to a point where the church is, is jealous of each other's gifts. Oh, man, if I could only play a guitar like John, if I could only play the drums like Julian or God, oh, man, then I would be called. You will shine the way Jesus has designed you to shine when you shine in your giftings. I remember sitting, sitting with two of my mentors who were incredible, incredible communicators. And they told me, they said, Chad, you will be a great communicator when you speak like Chad. And they said, God already has us. He needs you. Whatever your gift is, God needs you. This is what he has called you for. Paul points out that without love, the exercise of all these gifts is nothing. See, it's only when you get to know some of the people that serve in the church, you begin to understand their heart and how much they just love people. And God, excuse me, God is working in all of us. Sorry, I wasn't emotional. I actually just couldn't talk. God is working in all of us. To bring out your giftings so that you will serve. See, tongues apart from love is just noise. Prophecy without love is nothing. It is love that enriches the gifts and that gives it a value. Love that enriches the gifts and gives it value. We receive words from people. We receive encouragement. We trust people when we know they love us. This is how we distinguish in our lives between what I call coaches and critics. 
If people are just critical of your life and try to, they try to help you but just criticize you, they're not loving you. But a real coach in your life is one that will, will critique you and they will criticize, they will bring correction to your life, but you receive it because you know how much they love you because they want to see you become the best that you can be. That's God. He wants to love you. See, ministry without love cheapens both the minister and those who are touched by it. But ministry with love enriches the whole church because we're speaking truth in love. Even our giving needs to be done in love. Ephesians 4.15 says this, Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. When we do things in love, that's when we'll bring maturity. When we love one another, that's when we take the unity, the diversity, and shine with love. The New Testament is full of verses telling us to love one another, to serve others, to lay our lives down. The most important lesson that you can learn in the school of faith is to love one another. Because love enriches all that it touches. Love will enrich everything that it touches. The second thing is this. Love is edifying. Love is edifying. 1 Corinthians 13, 4-7, it says this. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects. It always trusts. Always hopes. Always perseveres. This is love. I want you to know every time I read this verse, I read it that slowly for myself. We actually have this hanging in our house because it helps me remind myself of what love is and how I'm supposed to love those around me. So I asked you this morning, as, as you read through this verse, is this who you are? Is this who you are? It says love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It gives everybody the benefit of the doubt. It's not self-seeking. It's not about me. It's not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Love always protects. Love always trusts. Love always hopes. Love always perseveres. Is this who your coworkers would say you are? What about the other drivers on the road? What would they say? Would they say that love is patient? What about your family members? 
What about your close friends? What about your kids? What about your spouse? See, the last two, maybe three, are the ones who really see the real you. Is this who you are? If you're like me, this is who I aim to be. And this is who I work every day to become. I'd love to tell you that every day I'm patient. But I'm not. I'd love to tell you that every day I'm kind, but I'm not. I'd love to tell you every day I don't envy others, but I do. That doesn't make it okay. What that makes is every day I have to draw closer to God. I realize how close I need to be, how much I need to connect with him, how much I need people around me that will speak the truth in love. See, I have friends that I talk to about my relationship with my wife and my relationship with my kids and my relationship with my staff. You want to know how I know they're real friends? They don't tell me how bad my kids are. They don't tell me how bad my wife is, which I know she's listening, so she's not bad at all. (laughs) They don't tell me how bad my staff is. You want to know what they tell me? They tell me how I was out of line with my kids. They tell me how I need to be more patient with my wife. They tell me how I need to be a better leader and encourage my staff and support them. Because see, here's what a true friend knows. They can't change the people that I'm talking about. They can only help change me. Because the only person I can change is me. And most of us just don't like that. But that's truth and love. So are you this person? Because see, 1 Corinthians 8, 1, it tells us this. We all possess knowledge. But knowledge puffs up. While love builds up. I don't know about you. But I want to build up those around me. I want to build my kids up. I want to build my spouse up. I want to build my staff up. I want to build you up. Because I want to see each and every one of you, I want to see my kids, I want to see my wife become the best person that they can be. I don't want my kids to start off where I started off. I want them to start off not even on my shoulders. Let me extend my hands so they can go farther. See, the purpose of the spiritual gifts is to edify the church, edify those around us. This means that we must not think of ourselves, but others. We need to build others up. And you know what that takes? It takes love. To a point where I'll tell you it actually demands love. That's the only way is for us to love. See, the Corinthian church, they were impatient in the services. But see, love, love would make them long-suffering. Love would make them patient. They were envying each other's gifts, but love removes envy. Love begins to stir in you 
You are so good at this. You're better than me. You should do this. Let me sit behind and serve you and empower you and equip you. Because I want to see you do better than me. Hey, you know what? That was actually my idea, but Graham's getting all the credit for it. I actually don't have to say anything. I'm just thrilled to see God working through his life. Do you know this applies outside of church? If you're at your workplace and you came up with a great idea and your coworker and you were leading it and all of a sudden they get all the attention, do you know that inside, you, outside, you don't have to go? Excuse me for a second. That was actually my idea. Because if you do, you've already received your blessing. If somebody says, hey, he had such a great idea, and your response is, yeah, he did. Well, Chad, what if he gets the promotion over me? So be it. Love thinks of others beyond ourselves. See, the Corinthian church, they had pride. But love will remove pride. And it will replace it with a desire to promote others. See, if you read 1 Corinthians 13, 4 to 7, like we just did, if you read it again and you compare it with the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, 22 and 23, you will see that the characteristics of love show up in the fruit. This is why love edifies. It releases the power of the Spirit in our lives and in our churches. You can't have the gifts without the fruit. They go together. And that what brings the Spirit in fullness. That's why it's called the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit. You can't have one without the other. And when they work together, you have the fullness of the Spirit. So yes, desire the gifts, but walk in the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. The third one is this. Love is enduring. Love is enduring. 1 Corinthians 13, it continues in verse 8, it says this, Love never fails. You probably just stop right there. If you're not sure what to do, love. Because love will never fail. It continues. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, we prophesy in part. But when the completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put, a, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. In verse 13, and now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. See, as Paul is talking here, as he's writing, he's saying, love never fails. When Jesus returns, that's what he means when it says when completeness comes. When Jesus returns, and let me remind you, he is returning. He is coming again. When he comes back, prophecy will stop because we don't need it. When he comes back, tongues will stop because we don't need it. When he comes back, knowledge will pass away because he's here. 
but love. Love never fails. Love never stops. Because God, Jesus, is love. The three remain. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. So as you engage the church, as you engage your giftings, as you engage others over yourselves, when we are not sure what to do, we love. We love. Well, Chad, what if loving shows approval? No, it doesn't. Jesus loved so much that all the people that shouldn't, hung out, shouldn't have hung out with him hung out with him. And all the ones he loved so much, all the ones that should have hung out with him didn't. And it's amazing, his love brought repentance. It didn't bring approval. Love is what Jesus has called us to. So this morning, here's what we're going to do. I want to give you the opportunity to engage with the church with your giftings. I want to give you the opportunity to use your giftings. See, as you engage both with your gifts and with the church, you will begin to move in a more powerful way. You'll begin to sense that longing of God in you. He'll equip you. If you want to grow deeper in your relationship with the Lord, you take others deeper. If you want to understand the scriptures better, you begin to teach the scriptures. Because it forces you to know. So here's what's going to happen. This morning as you came in and as you go to leave, there's a couple tables full of clipboards. And there are multiple different areas in the church that you can serve in. And all we're looking for is you to sign up. Sign up your contact information. There's a spot in the, where comments that you can kind of write in what you're longing for. And here's what the great thing is. If you walk through all the clipboards and you, see a, and you don't find a spot where you're like, oh, I have this gifting, I don't, I don't really see it here, then just pick a clipboard and just move a little lower to the bottom so it stands out and write your name, your contact information in the comments. Write your thoughts. Because here's the thing. I've already told you we're not perfect, so I'm going to miss something. But here's what you shouldn't miss. You shouldn't miss being a part of the body of Christ because he has called you to it. So here's just what I want to share with you real fast. Some of the key areas of ministry, and when I say key, they're just areas that we know of and that we're, we're looking for people and we know that God has called people to. I've asked some leaders just to write up a quick little blurb. So I want you to listen closely and go, whatever. Here's actually what I want you to do as well. I want you to just take a moment and just say, Holy Spirit, show me where I'm supposed to serve. And then as I read some of these off, when you get that little poke, that's where you're supposed to serve. A little poke, Chad. Are we on Facebook years ago? (laughs) The Holy Spirit is just going to prompt you, this is where you should go. If you're sitting beside somebody and you know their giftings because you know them, you're related or your family, you're close enough friends, you know what you could do? Poke them. <laughs> Chad, that's not the spirit. Eh, exercise the gifts. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to read a few off. Youth in junior high. The youth are the church today. If you want to invest in the next generation, 
are passionate about leadership, mentorship, and don't mind having a lot of fun, then you should check out joining the Bethel Students or Bethel Junior High Leadership Team. Kids. Kids ministry is looking for leaders who are willing to serve, passionate about teaching, discipleship, shepherding, loving, and building meaningful relationships with kids of all ages. To encourage the next generation by joining our kids ministry. They don't have this written here. I'm just going to pause for a minute. Can I tell you something? You're never too old for kids ministry or youth ministry. And I know Pastor Kristen said this in a video a little while ago. But I just want to share this from my heart. And I'm not letting anybody off the hook as I talk to just specific here for a minute. But men, we need you in all of these ministries. Because it is no hidden secret that what is missing in society today is fathers. And people can have fathers in their home and they don't have fathers in their home. We need spiritual dads in these ministries, speaking into the lives of these young men and young women so they can identify what a good spiritual man looks like. And if you're sitting here, well, Chad, I don't know if I'm a good spiritual man. Start serving and watch how God just molds your heart. But we need men in these areas because this is what God has designed and he, they need a godly example. And so men, Please, don't brush this off. We need you in these areas. Media. Here at Bethel, we value helping create spaces for people to experience God's presence and power. One of the ways we do this is through the use of technology. If you're interested in anything from sound to live streaming to lighting to cameras to video editing or social media, if you have a desire to learn something new, this is a place for you to serve on our media team. If you're interested in technology, come and be a part of it. Our welcome team, our guest services, our ushers, the kind of as you flow into our building. We are looking for cheerful people with a hospitable heart who are excited to welcome people and meet new people while encouraging them to engage with Bethel and on their spiritual journey. If you just like people, you can join this one. Really, the requirement is smile and say hi. I just don't know if I'm equipped for this. If you can smile, and yes, we learned in two years that you can smile with a mask on. You just use your eyes more. <laughs> and welcome people and aren't afraid to meet new people. This is for you. We're looking for a hospitality team. We're looking for individuals who love to serve others, who love to prepare meals and to love others in tangible ways. This is for you. We're looking for a building team. We're looking for those who like to work with their hands to accomplish tasks. People who like to do odd jobs and paint or to maybe people with green thumbs. And this could be for the church or for those in a time of need. We need people for our prayer team. If you have a gift for prayer, whether in private or with others, we would love to have you join our prayer team. And then I say here, there's extras. There's also spots out there that if we've missed something, that you can sign your name, your contact information in the comments area, write what you might be interested in doing. And we just know that to have Bethel functioning to its fullness, we need every part of the body of Christ working together.
If you're at home, and I've just rhymed off some of these, and you're like, man, that's where I think I can serve, then I want you to email info at BethelStratford.org just with your name, your contact information, and where you'd like to serve, and we will get you connected. This simple enough? Clipboards on the way out? Don't worry, I don't have bouncers at the door that won't let you out without signing up. <laughs> on that note, we're looking for a bouncer team to stop people from leaving the... I'm just joking. <laughs> just teasing but we do serve plug yourself in get connected it's actually for your good let's pray father i thank you for everyone who has helped us through the last few years many years lord the ones who have been so faithful to serve and lord we just pray right now that there's just a stirring in the body that lord each and every one of us needs to be functioning in some aspect And Lord, it's not a guilt thing, it's a scriptural thing. That Lord, you have actually called and equipped every one of us in this room, everyone that's watching online, that Lord, we are called for a time as now. And so Holy Spirit, help us as leaders to equip people. And Holy Spirit, I pray right now that you've prompted people, you've poked people to say, this is where you need to sign up. This is where you need to serve. This is where I've equipped you. And that Father... You can do greater things through Bethel because the body is functioning in its fullness. So, Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for how you instructed us, how you teach us. Thank you for Paul, who was so faithful to write all these letters, and that, Lord, we still refer to them today. And so, Holy Spirit, protect every one of us as we travel. Let us be a light to you no matter where we go. Let us emphasize love to everyone. And when we're not sure what to do, we love first. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for checking out this week's message, Bethel Church Podcast. We hope that it's blessed you and encouraged you, and that you come back and check out next week's message as well. 